the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9.30, we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you. As we prepare to hear the scriptures, let us pray. God of abundant life, by the gift of your spirit, tune our hearts and minds to hear your living word afresh. May our lives answer your eternal word with resurrection hope. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus. Listen for God's word to you. On exactly the third month anniversary of the Israelites leaving the land of Egypt, they came into the Sinai Desert. They traveled from Rephidim, came into the Sinai Desert, and set up camp there. Israel camped there in front of the mountain while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, This is what you should say to Jacob's household and declare to the Israelites. You saw what I did to the Egyptians and how I lifted you up on eagles' wings and brought you to me. So now, if you faithfully obey me and stay true to my covenant, you will be my most precious possession out of all the peoples since the whole earth belongs to me. You will be a kingdom of priests for me and a holy nation. These are the words you should say to the Israelites. So Moses came down, called together the people's elders, and sat before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all responded with one voice, Everything that the Lord has said, we will do. Moses reported to the Lord what the people said. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our New Testament reading today comes from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. Listen now for the word of God. Rid yourselves, therefore, of all malice and all guile and sincerity, envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight, and like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture. See, I am laying in Zion a stone, 
a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the desires of the flesh that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, so that though they malign you as evildoers, they may see your honorable deeds and glorify God when he comes to judge. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. Be with us now as we hear your words, Lord. Open our ears and our minds and our hearts to the goodness that you offer us today. In your name we pray, amen. It's valid to feel a little bit of pity for the Israelites in Exodus. Their story starts long before we read of them here, but in recent history, they've experienced some pretty intense chaos. When we find them in the desert, they have just recently been enslaved at the hands of the Egyptians, lived through plagues of famine, darkness, and death. They've fled from Egypt only to find their escape halted by a large body of water, the Red Sea, which Moses, their leader, parts for them and then crashes down on their captors. And now, after all of that, they find themselves wandering in the wilderness. And not just wandering, searching, searching for freedom, rest, food, for the land promised to them by God. They're searching for a place to call their own. They are searching for a new beginning. While the Israelites are a people with a title, they do not have an identity. And their wilderness is not much different than the wilderness we navigate. While they fight face biting winds, excruciating heat, sandstorms, more famine, we are facing a worldwide pandemic, economic decline, fear, bodily isolation that tears our souls apart, even death. 
we are searching for our identity in the midst of the chaotic wilderness of life. And in search of identity in chaos, we constantly grasp for any thing, job, marriage, car, any title that will give us value, husband, wife, CEO, small business owner, human. Daily, we strive to be good citizens, respectable people, successful individuals. We take part in actions that we think will ref reflect well on who we hope to be, but have not yet achieved. It's easy to spend our whole lives wandering in search of an identity that will make us whole. Reading our epistle text for the day, it at first seems like the writer of First Peter is simply giving us clues on how to achieve an identity we're seeking. The writer is very clear when it comes to Christian living that we are to rid ourselves of all malice and all guile and sincerity, envy, and all slander. It's blatant that we must, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk so that by it we may grow into salvation. We are implored to turn to Jesus, coming to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And the most important, like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And truthfully, we are not wrong in assuming that these verses are a guide that assists in our Christian living. And they are not only this. Not only do these words point to who we strive to be as Christians and who Christ does in fact call us to be, these verses tell us who we are. Just as God called Moses to Mount Sinai and named and claimed the Israelites as God's people, a priestly kingdom and a holy nation, God has named and claimed us in our wilderness. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. We find our identity in God's call that has been placed on our lives. And in biblical times, language of being holy and priestly would have categorized only a select few individuals whose role it was to communicate with God directly. There was often separation between God and God's people in the temple by a curtain behind which only priests attended to the holy of the most holy. And it's Jesus who breaks this long-held tradition on Good Friday, because as Jesus dies, this separation is shattered as the curtain in the temple is torn, symbolizing that all are welcome to communion with God, that the priesthood is about all believers. But you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. These words remind us that we are not separated from our true identity. 
we, my friends, are already right now part of this priesthood. We do not need to be in search of our identity because we have already been named and claimed by God. In our baptism, we mark the sign of the cross on our foreheads, reminding us that even before we came into being, even before we began our search for identity, we have been gifted the name of God upon our hearts and souls, sealed into the family of God. And this is our identity. We are a holy nation who God does not abandon, even in the wilderness. Wherever we are, we are joined with the whole priesthood of believers and with Christ, our cornerstone. And thank goodness for this. Thank goodness we have identity in Christ and are called beloved. For each of us is fully known and redeemed by the creator of the universe. Our identity is founded in the love and forgiveness of God, who in Christ, our living stone, came to dwell with us, heal us, die for us, and rise again so that we may live into our true identity. And mercy truly abounds. When we live into this identity, we affirm that in the chaos of life, God is with us. We find strength to trust that even as this pandemic continues to attack our humanity, it cannot separate us from God. We begin to see that our identity calls us to be in communion with our neighbors, caring for each other in difficult times and places. Our true identity encourages us to give, to volunteer, to intentionally make phone calls to those who are separated from us today. When we are grounded in God, we look outside ourselves and speak hope into wilderness. We pray for each other. We hold on to the truth that even when we are far apart, we are together. Emily Grace, a friend of mine at seminary for many years, has been heavily involved caring and nurturing individuals experiencing homelessness in downtown Austin. Since the beginning of COVID-19, she's worked day in and day out preparing meals, medicine, and clothes for those who are separated from family, food, and shelter. In a recent conversation with her, I inquired about her interactions with the individual she cares for. She spoke of how grateful people are to be seen and spoken to, how comfort is needed just as much as material items. And she ended by saying, if medicine or food can't be given, simply delight in them. They're people too. Emily Grace understands that identity in Christ is not just about titles or location, but about connection. We are able to trust that God connects with us that God calls us, that God does not abandon us. Our identity in Christ claims the truth that God walks with us in all the unknowns of COVID-19 and isolation, even death. 
rest in the knowledge that we are who God claims we are, even when we can't see it. God gifts the Israelites their identity, and God gifts us our identity as God's people, a royal priesthood. Let us not only live into who God calls us to be, but who we are. Let us, as people whose identity is found in nothing less than the God of the cosmos, be a witness to the world in love, faith, and action by not holding on to individual titles, but coming together and naming and claiming our identity in Christ. Beloved, we are God's people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, connected with God and with one another in the identity of the risen and living Lord. I pray rest for our souls as we navigate this time. And I rejoice that even in separation, we are whole. All glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs>